0: Hello! Welcome to another edition of the Hoopscoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal Phil. Hello and welcome as always. And today we got another reaction pod. Game 2 going on last night. Suns come out with the victory, 118-108. to 108. Giannis goes for 42 points. Devin Booker goes for 31 points. And it was interesting. A lot of stuff to digest from both sides. Um film thinking we kind of take it from the Phoenix perspective first the winning team what happened and then kind of dive into the buck situation because uh there's a lot going on in Milwaukee
1: yeah it was very interesting um start with the Suns obviously they they came away with the win but the way they played was I'd say pretty much on par with how they played the first game it didn't get foul calls, which kind of changed the trajectory how they were going to play but they made up for it and just continuing to play that fast break offense that just worked so well for them in the first game. It kind of carried that out into the second. And the Bucks, the way they play, especially with Giannis injured, and now with um, I don't know, never mind. I was thinking of Tory Craig and Darius Sarge being injured. The way they're gonna play, the way the Milwaukee Bucks are gonna have to act against them can be different now because they don't have as deep a bench that is able to run and get out in the fast break. But Milwaukee still doesn't have the tools, per se, to even keep up with them when they just still do the fast break with the limited players they now have.
0: Yeah. Phoenix, I think, and you, you touched on it, It's I, I, they are proving to be probably the most adaptable team in the NBA. I could say that. they uh, The number when you look at the box score that's going to stick out is 20 for 50 from three. Clearly Milwaukee had a little bit of a different strategy to handle the pick and roll. I mean, we didn't see Chris Paul or Devin Booker score off of the pick and roll as much, but we saw yeah. a lot of drive and kick. And I don't think Milwaukee was even playing horrible defense. They clearly made a decision before the game. We're gonna give extra help on the drives. We're not gonna get we're not gonna let Chris Paul and Devin Booker parade to the foul line. We're gonna live with some semi-contested threes. And the Suns just knocked him down. Cam Johnson was knocking down threes. Jay Crowder knocked down threes. Obviously, Devin Booker hit seven threes. Some of them were super tough shots. Some of them were spot-ups. But overall, the Suns just, it's, its they're they are a pick-your-portion type of team because they have two elite ball handlers. They have shooters all around the floor. And Ayton, although he was pretty low usage last night, he still has his moments where he can take advantage of small ball lineups and just kind of does his job. He's a good screen setter. Listen, the Suns made a ton of shots. They made a ton of shots. When you make twenty threes, it's hard to lose. And it that was uh, kind of a product, I guess, of how the Bucks were playing defense. But ultimately, the Bucks were playing terrible defense. The Suns, they they just did. They they read the defense, took what defense was giving them, and made a ton of shots. Devin Booker was the story of the night, though, because in that third quarter, when the Bucks seemed like they were just scratching and clawing their way back, because Played pretty much evenly. I think it was a one-point differential. Um, I don't even either the Bucks were up by one or Suns up by one in the second half. Because um, going into halftime, I believe it was a ten-point game or nine-point game. One of those two. I don't know the box yes. right in front of me, but the second half was played pretty much evenly, and Devin Booker was just going shot for shot with Giannis, who we'll talk about later. Suns just didn't let Milwaukee fully get back into the game. They were hanging around. But that offense is just too good. It's too solid. And they made a ton of shots. Phoenix played really well. Got to give it to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way they were shooting threes, it just was one of those games where everything was going. This might have been the game Milwaukee thought they could squeak one by. If they, Do you think Phoenix would have been as susceptible to losing if they weren't as hot as they were from three-point range? Because that was kind of the mainstay of their offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, the sh- listen, the shots are the shots. I mean, e- even in the first quarter, I felt like the Bucks came out and were outplaying the Suns, but the, I think they had eight threes in the first quarter. So Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I mean, listen, they were good shots, but at the same time, like, hey, Jay Crowder went 0 for 8 last game. This game, I think he went 3 for 5 from 3. Cam Johnson knocks in 2. Uh, like, those are shots that I think Milwaukee will look back and say, all right. I mean, yeah, maybe we don't want to help as hard. Like, maybe, whatever. Maybe we don't want to overload the drives as much. I think their pick-and-roll defense was pretty solid. Drew Holiday had a great defensive game, although offensively we'll talk about that later. Brooke Lopez, I think, was pretty solid in the pick-and-roll. I mean, they didn't give a ton of easy looks up out of it. And I don't think the threes were, like, naked threes. They had a couple breakdowns. There was one miscommunication in the second half between Yasa P.J. Tucker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker broke three. Uh, they trap campaign strangely in the first half, they led to an open three. Like there's a couple of those, but overall, out of the twenty threes, I mean, I think a good amount of them were semi-contested. I would say not like guy draped all over him, but some tough shots that Phoenix was making. And yeah, they're going to get those spot up looks, but I think Milwaukee look at in the game tape and you can't overreact. You know that they, the Bucks don't have a ton of depth right now defensively, um, and I didn't have a problem with what they did schematically. Some of it is make or miss, but overall, the Suns just kind of did what they needed to do and hit those shots when they were there.
1: Yeah, I thought the Bucs were playing as if they thought they could keep the Suns going on that three-point streak that they were going. Last game, they were shooting around 33%. And I think, you know, yesterday, it was kind of an overcorrection where they bounced back and they shot 50% for three. And it just kind of shows that the, the Bucks, if their plan went to a T, they might have been able to steal this game away, which seemed like this was the game to steal. And then things kind of went crazy with Devin Booker in the third where he was just hitting a lot of threes and then everybody kind of piled on. But I will kind of want to touch on the Milwaukee defense part of it you just said because it seems like Bobby Portis is theoretically off the, like played off the court.
0: Yeah. Like, I think
1: that from,
0: from Milwaukee's defensive standpoint, like uh, I don't think small ball did great for them last night. Um, I mean, if you look at the plus-minus numbers, like Connaughton uh, – and Lopez because usually like one of the two are playing and if Cones on the floor they're going small and Lopez is usually the, the center with their their big lineup. Um, small ball wasn't great. Like I don't I don't think everybody likes the idea of Giannis at the five and I like it too. I think that it could be a good closing lineup at times. You know, it's matchup dependent, whatever. But I don't know when you're gonna throw a guy like Giannis at the five, you kind of need skill surrounding him and if you don't, then it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, Milwaukee what really kept him in the game was they got offensive rebounds and Giannis was a beast. <laughs> those were, those were two. Yeah. So, and Brooke helps with the rebounding. Um, Conten was good overall, but he was hunted a lot. He was, but he was, he was, he was giving good effort. He made some threes, but back to your thing about Milwaukee's defense. I mean, yeah, like Bobby Portis, he, 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 this isn't a great series for him. I mean, Phoenix is, they got a lot of wings, and you kind of got to be able to spread the floor, and you're, you're not going to be able to get away with two bigs on the court, and Brooke Lopez is just superior to Bobby Portis at this t- at this point in time. He's better defender, better shooter. So I just don't see a situation where you're going to want Portis over Lopez and those, the the twin tower line of Portis Lopez isn't going to work in this series like it may have against Atlanta. So Phoenix just has too much too many weapons, too much ball handling. So
1: yeah, no, not going to argue with you on that. I just mean in terms of Brook Lopez's rest time and obviously Giannis is going to go full freight for as long as or as long as Tony either gets injured again or he's just completely gassed, there might be minutes where you kind of need Bobby Portis to step in and cuz he's your best big off the bench right now and it's mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see because he's now rendered useless, essentially. So what does that mean for Brook Lopez going forward in Giannis, where basically Giannis is going to play the whole game where he's either, you know, playing with Brooke or he's playing by himself. And then Brook just kind of gets a break and comes back in. Yeah,
0: that's the other thing. I mean, like, how how many minutes can you go with Giannis? Because we're still not exactly sure what deals with the knee. I mean, performance wise, he was great last night. Um, I mean, he goes for forty minutes. performance after fouls. He
1: was putting on that knee show.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was, and I'm sure he feels a little bit. But I mean, Giannis forty minutes, um, and just look at the Phoenix side, like Booker playing forty four. Um, I mean, that that's a difference. Giannis was plus three in his minutes. So like, it's to lose by ten, and for him you, to be plus three, like those four extra minutes could mean a lot. Uh, I mean, the, the Bucks have to play him as much as they can. I, they, they know exa- I'm not saying he's playing the whole game because he is a player that's at his best when he's fully rested. And I also think that's an interesting subplot going forward for game three because now they have two days rest. And that, I don't think that will benefit But, yeah, it's just, like, you want to stretch him out as much as you can because he's been so effective. It's just figuring out exactly how far you can really go. Um, because it's going to be either him or Lopez on the court. They obviously play together a good deal as well. But it's an interesting point, you know. Like, how are you going to how, how do you handle those rotations? um He got some minutes last night. I don't think he was horrible. Bryn yeah. Forbes is proving kind of unplayable just because with the, the defense is just it's just rough. Uh, and Bobby Porter's, as we already talked about, you know, that's kind of a crapshoot. So right now, like, you're really it's it's six and a half guys. You, you're really comfortable with playing. I mean, six and a quarter. I'm not even counting Teague as a half. Conten's really the only guy off the bench that you're really solid with. So it's going to be something that I think Milwaukee's going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out the rotations because I still – that's part of, like, the finals is, in any playoff series is just feeling out the rotation, seeing what works best in the given matchup. And, uh, like, last game, I think court has got 14 minutes. This game, he got five minutes. Um, preferably you want that to be zero minutes, but Milwaukee's not – the depth yeah, do what you thing. Gotta do. yeah the depth thing isn't their strength right now
1: yeah I don't know it's uh it's concerning the the depth was always kind of a thought an afterthought in Milwaukee because no one really thought they'd get this far but now they're here and off the backs of probably Giannis and mostly Chris Middleton throughout and we haven't even touched on Chris Middleton yet he is he had a really tough game
0: yeah so we should so We can make this like a Milwaukee and Phoenix conversation, kind of Milwaukee's offense and Phoenix's defense. In the first half, it was pretty low usage. Giannis, I think most of his production came in transition, and in the half court, it was it was heavy. Drew, heavy Middleton, and they just weren't they weren't getting the job done. I mean, did you when you and like through the second half, Chris, he still missed a couple shots. He made one three. That was that was good. Um, Drew, like. A couple nice finishes, and Drew was good defensively. So I'm not going to say he had a bad game. But at the same time, you need more scoring out of him. You need better shooting. We talked about this in our finals preview pod. If Drew and Chris didn't shoot well. It's just, it's just not going to work. Um, from a let's, let's
1: stick with the Middleton perspective. Like, did you see Can, just touch quick, can I did touch on a quick, can touch on a quick Drew thing? It seemed he, he took just, off the gas. He took his foot off the gas almost five minutes into the game. Like, you saw the first stretch of the game where he was just, you know, putting his body into Chris Paul or whoever, and you could realize, like, he's stronger, and he could just get these easy, easy layups. And then it kind of disappeared for almost until maybe the end of the fourth, where he was trying that stuff again, or maybe in the third, and it was working. You're like, well, what, what made you go away from this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had a
0: couple nice takes. You're right. He, he was getting into good spots, but at the same time, like, his finishing wasn't great. I mean, he's seven for twenty-one, and he only took three threes. So he took a ton of twos, and he wasn't converting them at a high rate. So yeah, I just like
1: getting to the basket. Like he was getting into the paint early and late in the game, but in between, you just kind of
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, listen, I think we're kind of like all (laughs) we've all kind of Drew Holiday's been like the the darling of like the analytical world, and you know whatever great defender which he is. But I think now that he's on the stage, we're all kind of seeing like the real Drew Holiday experience. He's a very good player, but offensively, like he's not, if he's your lead initiator, it's not going to be smooth. It's just not going to be that smooth. Um, he's a streaky scorer and playmaking wise he doesn't create a ton of opportunities for his teammates. He had seven assists, but like it didn't feel like seven assists. I I never really know what the assists I have to I'd have to look back and see what those assists are. It didn't seem to me like he was creating a bunch of open opportunities for his teammates. Um you know, maybe he's throwing the ball to Giannis and Giannis is gonna get getting buckets, but I
1: don't really count those particularly. Um Yeah. As a in a counter going into next game, if you were somehow magically able to wave your Bucks GM wand, would you rather start the game with Drew Holiday or Malcolm Brogdon? I'll stick with Drew. Is it close or you're... No, I mean, like,
0: I think Brogdon, he does similar stuff to Drew. I mean, Drew still played really good defense. I mean, he made some plays defensively last night that, like, block on Booker. In in the fast break, although it ended up being a dunk, but because the, the whole Bucks team didn't run back, I don't know what was going on. Right, but that was an unbelievable play. Block on Iton. Yep, that was unbelievable as well. Forced to jump ball. I mean, he he gave Chris Paul some issues. Chris Paul ends up with a pretty nice stat line, but he did have six turnovers. It didn't seem particularly easy for CP3 last night compared to the game one, at least. So like, dude, like that's still really good. I mean, that's that's impactful stuff. But you still need the shooting to be better. Uh, So I'll ask you, did you see anything from Phoenix's side defensively that caused Drew and Middleton to have poor shooting performances? Or is this just kind of like, this is what you get with these guys and they just didn't convert good opportunities? I don't know if you saw anything particularly from that standpoint.
1: Um, I think with Drew, it seemed more like they would funnel him into somebody else. Like if there were set, if he was, if he had the ball and he was driving, they would kind of send him in the direction of either Mikal or Jay and kind of give him a little either fake double or kind of light double. Yeah. So he didn't know what to do. So he didn't really have that space anymore. And he would just pass out of it and, you know, call quits, hit the corner and let someone else figure it out. And yeah. that's kind of the problem where they just, they, Drew does that Middleton does that. And then Giannis is kind of by default forced, to like, all right, I got to get a bucket somehow, some way they try their own thing. Maybe not in the same, you know, possession, but, they each try their own thing. They give up. And then it all just falls on Giannis so where he's got to figure it out. we kind of saw that last game Middleton in, I ju- they just closed out on him. And for some reason he did not try to get around them. He just, maybe something's going on with an injury, but he would just try to shoot over them almost every time he got the ball. Uh, yeah. Was, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw that a lot of threes, just like straight over people. It was
0: a lot of jump shooting from Middleton. Um, it's tough. Like, Middleton said in the post game press conference, like he's like he needs to find a balance with the like, Giannis in terms of like getting, because in terms of getting his shots and like staying involved, which was kind of weird because like you've been playing with Giannis for five years, to, like figured out. But at the same time, I kind of know what he's talking about because even though Middleton is a jump shooter, uh, I still think he's probably at his best when he's coming off of ball screens. He's getting into the lane. He's actually got a pretty decent like floater game. He's got the left hand in his bag, uh, like. He was taking out-of-rhythm jump shots, and he wasn't hitting them. And it, you could tell he was kind of searching for it. He was searching for the rhythm. He was searching to get a flow. But it just wasn't happening. The shots weren't going down. Uh, he had a few looks that he missed as well. Um, I mean, listen, I thought Phoenix kind of like, like played him how they should have. Um, I don't think Middleton was the focal point of the offense, and Giannis, Giannis was because he was so productive. And we're going to have to talk about Giannis for a little bit. But at the same time, like I don't think I can just chalk it. When you have Chris and Drew, and you're a Bucks fan, you're a Bucs organization, you pay him all this money. At a point, you just got to be – just. it's just simple. Whatever Devin defense – you you got to be Devin better. I mean, you look at what Devin Booker did last night, and as I said earlier, I don't think Milwaukee played terrible defense, but that's what stars do. Like Stars – They figure it bones. out. Yeah, you got to make the plays. You got to make the shots. You got to figure it out when – the chips are down, and Middleton simply didn't. He didn't produce enough. Drew didn't produce enough offensively. They missed too many shots. They missed too many threes. Uh I mean two for nine from three between the two. Twelve for forty-seven over thirty-seven overall. It's just not gonna get it done. <laughs> and I don't I don't like to be someone who just looks at the box score and just, you know, reads the shooting numbers. But a lot of makeable shots that weren't made. They got it's gotta be better because if they don't shoot better, the team doesn't have a chance. It's it's that simple, honestly. All
1: right. <clears throat> I have something. We were talking about this right before we started, but do you think this was kind of the game, if there was a game for Milwaukee to steal? Um, is, is the sway kind of going and not in their direction for good now? It's tough. I mean, right
0: now – I don't know if I could say that just because I don't think I'm seeing anything where it's like out of character from Milwaukee. I mean, this is kind of just who Milwaukee is. And right now Phoenix has just been the better team through two games. Although I think these games have been closer than double digit deficits, which they've both been Uh, like, this is, this is kind of what you get with the bucks. It's inconsistent offense. It's inconsistent shooting. The role players are solid, but I mean, they're not as good as Phoenix's role players, obviously. And Drew and Chris is kind of a crapshoot. So, like, yeah, you could say you could have stolen them, and they could have. The game was there, and we're gonna have to talk about the Giannis performance in a little bit because it was really unbelievable. He gives you an all timer, but like, can I sit here and say I'm happening with the rest of the squad? Because I'm not. So, if I can't say that, like, I don't know if I should. If I could say that they should have stolen this game, because even though I think, you know, this game was winnable. And a lot and like it sucks to kind of waste a Giannis performance like this. I think the Suns outplayed them and you know, like Milwaukee didn't get it done. As I said, like when Drew and Chris play like that, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. When you have Booker on the other end making the shots he's making, and Chris and Drew can't buy a bucket for the whole game, it's just it's really difficult.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess that question stems from when you see Giannis put up those kinds of numbers and hit the way yeah. he's contributing. If you think maybe if Chris Middleton carried over the same exact performance from last night, but, you know, the first game, the series might be looking a lot different if you just no. hope one of your other guys
0: steps yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Because, basically the- all the
1: bench guys, at least the bench guy, one, you needed to. Pat Connaughton actually mm-hmm. came in and stepped up, and Chris Middleton kind of fell down. He fell to the yeah. Raptors. And it was like, That's what's he important, just had a specific, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what's unfortunate. You're right, is that you didn't need like a, a world game performance from two of them. You get your superstar performance from your super I mean, not even just superstar, just and all I mean no, just all time performance from Giannis. And then you just need a decent game out of one of two. And I'm gonna excuse Drew from this a little bit because of the defensive impact he had. Even though his Phoenix, I mean, their offense was great, like he he did his best. He made a lot of plays defensively. But I mean, if you just get a decent game out of Chris, then this could be a different game. So it sucks yeah. from that standpoint because it was right there, and your co-star who you pay X amount of money—it's a lot, whatever it is—if he just, I mean, what do you give you? Eleven he points just puts 40. up his regular season yeah. average. It's, it's a eleven points in one forty-one minutes is tough. It's tough to overcome. It's tough to overcome. So uh, yeah, you're right from that standpoint. But can we talk about Giannis for a minute? Sure, good. Start your love fest. I mean, listen, I've said for a while, like, you know, people kind of talk about, like, we'll never see a guy like Shaq again. Uh, this is this is what modern-day Shaq looks like. And I've called him modern-day Shaq for a little bit. This is what it looks like. It's not get the ball in the post and overpower that way, but it's overpower going downhill. Offensive rebounds, he's a beast. I mean, four offensive rebounds is... That's big. 12 rebounds total, plus three in a 10-point loss. Did you know that his third quarter, 20 points, which was when he really put his stamp on this game, I mean, the stuff he was doing in the third quarter, he was getting the – no, Phoenix didn't have an answer. It it wasn't like he's getting the ball in transition and he's kind of like taking – I mean, obviously, transition to part of his game, but it wasn't like an opportunistic type of thing. It was a give him the ball and nobody has an answer for Giannis, which is – that's what superstars do. Twenty points in the third quarter, most points in a in a NBA Finals quarter in twenty five years. So, yeah, um, I mean, don't know big, that. Yeah, that's big time stuff. Uh, yeah, like he he didn't have help. Uh, it was one of the best Finals games I've seen in a losing effort. Uh, I always the best Finals game I've seen in a losing effort was LeBron twenty eighteen game one. We scored fifty one against the Warriors, but this was right there. And he was just – t- they were hanging on a dear life, and it was mostly because of him. No answer. And, yeah, f- there's really nothing pull- – I mean, like, yeah, he missed seven free throws, but whatever. He got to the line 18 times. They, they, like, they, they, they gave up on defending him. It, you know, when he when he went to the rim in transition, off on offensive rebounds, when he got within six feet of the rim, the Suns were just throwing arms at him and just grabbing him. They, they did not have an answer. And it was cool to see because that is Giannis at his best. It sucks that they didn't get the job done. But all-time, all-time Giannis game, probably the best. Yeah,
1: I want to briefly touch on the free throws because I kind of have a running theory. First of all, he didn't get fouled at all or shoot any free throws in the fourth. Mm. Um, But the third, he shot 64%. And then the first half, he shot 50%. Do you think it's less of a mental thing as opposed to he just needs to get the reps in at the line? It seems like as the game goes on, he hits more consistently the free throws. Yeah, he gets he gets a, he gets a rhythm. I would agree with that. Uh, it's just interesting to see the rhythm isn't there to
0: begin with; it never carries over. It's a comfort level, you know. I think yeah. it's just a comfort level. Clearly, he's not very comfortable from the from the get go getting the line, and as he continues to get there throughout the game, then maybe he does feel a little bit more comfortable. He gets a rhythm. He you know gets a feel for it. So. Yeah, I mean, right yeah. now he's, done, he's not comp- con- particularly confident, but, and 11-18 is not good, but, you know, it could be worse because we've seen him shoot worse at 61%, which is still very bad, but, you know, better than what it could be.
1: What you expected.
0: Yeah. Especially uh,
1: past yeah. playoff series. Yeah. Uh,
0: the, the, the bigger thing is, like, he took five threes, which isn't the best. I'd probably like him to cut that out. Uh, yeah. One, one for five and three, but... What are you going to do? I mean, Milwaukee's offense is tough right now. They're not getting a ton of easy looks. So I, I guess I kind of see it. You know, he, I, I, even though he shouldn't take them, they're bad shots. I feel like I know what's going through his head. He's like, if I can make this shot, because it's not like he can't make it. He feels like, okay, if I make this shot, you know, it just gives our team a boost. It, it gives us like three points that we can kind of store away because every possession is kind of a grind saw in the first half 45 points for the bucks in the first half uh they don't have a ton of options to get easy buckets you know they don't get those easy lobs that the Suns can with chris paul and Ayton lobs you know it n- none of it seemed particularly smooth with the bucks half court offense so i guess johnson kind of just grasping the straws when he's trying to get him get him points but uh yeah all-time all-time game for me honest so it sucks that it was yeah
1: worse. yeah I, and going off of that i didn't I mean, I don't like the threes, as many as he took. I understand he has to take some, just to realistically keep it honest. What I didn't like was when he took that extra step in, and he went for those, he did probably three or four, where he basically looked like he was going to take a three, and he took, like, one giant step in, and he would just do a deep two. And none <laughs> I don't think any of those hit. Yeah. And those were just, like, three. completely bail out the
0: Suns. Yeah. He did hit a couple of those baseline turnarounds, though. Those don't look horrible. Yeah, so
1: those were, right, but those were, like, yeah, 10 feet away from the
0: rim. Yeah, I like that's actually my favorite spot of his is uh, in half court when he gets the ball in like that mid baseline.
1: Yeah, no, it's not a bad spot for him. He's definitely yeah. figured out how to get it going.
0: Yeah, and he kind of he, that, I think that's where he uses his angles the best. Uh, I don't really like him from straight away, but uh, when he get what and that that they kind of figured out the Suns zone a little bit because I think the Suns the Suns use that zone I think at least to kind of like muck up the Giannis matchups, but. Mm-hmm. uh they kinda of, you know, if you move the ball a little bit and you get and you get Giannis the rock in that spot in that mid-baseline, it, it kinda of just ends up turning into a, an eight and on Giannis one-on-one regardless. So yeah, I don't know. The zone that the zone I don't think has done much for the Bucks in terms of giving them problems. But the shooting is a big deal. Uh to get outscored with that much on the three-point line is is tough. Uh Chris Melison one for six, not good. O for one from Bobby Porges, O for one from Jack T, he had a good look. O for two from Brooke Lopez, he had some good looks. It's gotta be better, it's gotta be better because the Suns are really good. And if you don't make those shots, it's gonna be Let's tough. Step to over you, yep. yep. All right, so yeah, I mean, that's game two. Game three is gonna be interesting. You're going back to Milwaukee, should be a loud crowd. Do you stick with your prediction? Suns in seven, yeah, yeah, why not?
1: Would have been nice. Th- I mean,
0: it would have been nice if you won last night, but uh, you know, obviously, game three must win from Milwaukee, so.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to stick to my guns. Mine was uh, two I'm for the Suns, two for Milwaukee, two for the Suns. Valid, valid. Hopefully, we can keep it alive. If it goes down to three-one, that's going to be tough. I don't think Milwaukee's going to get swept, but there's definitely a likelihood where it's just a, a gentleman's.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Phil. Last well, game too. Uh, right, yeah. Two days off to just sit in our asses and do nothing. R and R. And then we'll be back game three and maybe another reaction pod Monday morning.
1: Yeah, sounds good to me.
0: All right. All right. That's Thanks it. for listening, everybody. Yeah. Peace.